It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, and welcome into this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie, and welcome in to a brand new episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. And we have another exciting week of Southern Race Week Radio for you. So we're glad you're here joining us today, whether it's on the radio live or you're listening back to the program via the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to the program. And as I mentioned, yes, we do have a podcast version of Southern Race Week Radio. So if you want to go back and check any of our past episodes, you can do so by heading on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And we do have another Exciting episode of the program coming up for you. And oh, by the way, if I haven't introduced myself, my name is Alfie. Filling in once again for WB. But I do have some good news. Just the other day, I got a text message from our fearless leader. So let me tell you what the text message says. It's very, very good news. He says, uh, let's see. Hey, man, I am out of the hospital. So maybe I can start back helping with the show next week. So how about that? So I'm pretty sure here, probably 99.9 percent sure that our fearless leader, WB, William Barber, will be back on the program next week. So we're glad that he's recovering, that he's out of the hospital, that the surgical procedures went well, and uh, hopefully and looking forward to having William back here on the program next week. So that's definitely, definitely a very good news. But um, as far as a crazy week, in the world of not just NASCAR, I mean racing in general. I seem it, it seems that in IndyCar, NHRA, and NASCAR, just a lot of newsworthy events that are going on. Lawsuits, disqualifications, uh, so much craziness going on in the world of racing. And one of the great things about our social media platforms, which is Facebook or Twitter, you're always getting the latest news and information in the world of racing. And uh, you get it available 24 hours, seven days a week. So head on over to our Facebook page and like us at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And uh, you'll always get the latest in racing news and information. But we've got another jam-packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio for you this week. In just moments, we're going to be speaking with the Executive Vice President and General Manager, of Atlanta Motor Speedway, Brandon Hutchinson, as they're welcoming in a new sponsor to uh, for the March race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway in 2023. So we'll talk to him about that and also recap his thoughts on the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart race weekend that happened just a few weeks ago at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And then we will be speaking with NASCAR Cup Series driver Ty Dillon, and we will talk NASCAR, everything going on in the world of NASCAR, with the lead announcer of the Performance Racing Network, Doug Rice. So just sit back and relax. Get set to enjoy another great episode of Southern Race Week Radio, as well as the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Ryan Truex, and you're listening to Southern Race Week Radio. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie. Continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as we're continuing to enjoy the Summer months here in the great state of Georgia, but it's never too early to start thinking about March 2023 because that's when the NASCAR Cup Series, along with the Xfinity Series and Truck Series, will be returning to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. But this time when we return in March, we will have a new sponsor that will be taking care of all the action 
at Atlanta Motor Speedway and to bring us that news and everything going on in the world of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome into the Food Depot Hotline the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway and great friend of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Brandon Hutchinson. Mr. Hutchinson, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week. Yet again on Southern Race Week Radio, always appreciate you taking the time to join us, my friends. Alfie, thanks for having me. It's not often we talk after race weekend, yes. so I appreciate you having me on, and uh, what a great race, race weekend it was, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, before we talk about the big news, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show this week, and also the recap uh, the race weekend there from Atlanta Motor Speedway, the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart, and I think a lot of anticipation for the July race after what we saw at in March uh, this year, Atlanta Motor Speedway, great racing action. Uh, what was some of the thoughts of the fans that you interacted with about the race action? You know, I tell you, the more I talk to fans post-reconfiguration, the more excited I get about the type of racing that, that we've now got at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We had another phenomenal race weekend. Lead changes all day long, passes for position throughout the field all day long. The fans are, are really excited about what's going on here at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and that makes us excited. You know, it was a extremely fun July race weekend. Not only did we have a ton of on-track NASCAR racing action, but we also had Revs and Riffs, which was the music festival that we intertwined with race weekend. So the fan response has been extremely positive. We want to do everything we can to uh, elevate the fan experience every time we have an event, and this past July was no exception. And you know what, Brandon? You said this back in March as well when we had the uh, March race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and you said you wanted to bring the party back to AMS, and I think you've done that with the increase of the fan zone. As you said, you had the Peach Pit there on Saturday nights. As you mentioned, this race back in July, all the great bands that are on hand. And you always said that it, even though it is a race, you want to make it an event. And I feel like the, in March and in the last race in July, you really have gone out of your way to make race weekend very, very fan-friendly for the entire family. You know, what hits close to home for me is that when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. You know, people work real, real hard for their money, and we're in the customer service business. We're in the experience business, so I want to make sure that we do everything within our power to put as much sweat equity into a race weekend for our fans as we possibly can, and that starts with what goes on outside of the on-track action. NASCAR is going to work real hard to make sure that the on-track action is what it should be. Obviously, we are we. We reimagined the track and now are 28 degrees, which is creating the best racing that we've ever seen at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But when the cars aren't on track, we want to make sure that you get what you paid for and then some, right? So for us, it's about the activities in the campgrounds, the fan, the fan, the camper appreciation party. For us, it's about the activities when cars aren't on track. And so the activities in the campground, the camper appreciation party kicks it all off for us the laps for charity stuff that we're doing as people get settled in for the race weekend. And then as the race weekend plays out, it's about the fan zone. It's about the interaction, the activities in the fan zone. Do we have a kid zone? It's about movie night. You mentioned peach pit. I want to bring the party back to Atlanta motor speedways infield. So in March and July, we had a big concert in the infield on Saturday night after the racing action, the fans love it. So everything that we can possibly do to increase 
or elevate the fan experience. It's what we want to do. It's what we strive for. So we've worked real hard post-pandemic to make sure we're putting as much into race weekend as we possibly can. And I think the fans are enjoying it. So hopefully that will continue. Hopefully the exciting race on track, racing on track will continue. And we will be one of those races that fans talk about that you just have to go to. Speaking with Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway and great friend of the show, Brandon Hutchinson, on this week's edition of uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And it's not too early to get your tickets for that March race. And also tickets are available for the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart uh, next, Ju- next July or so uh, the, in 2023. The date has not been uh, finalized as of yet, but we do know that racing will return next year in July in uh, 2023. And the big news, uh, Brandon, is that there will be a new a sponsor that will be taking care of the March race. That was one of the big news headlines that you guys unveiled uh, during race weekend uh, a few weeks ago. So tell us about the new sponsor that will be coming on board to uh, sponsor that March race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, great news that rolled out race weekend here just a couple of weeks ago, and that is that Ambetter Health is going to be the title sponsor for the Ambetter Health 500 in March. And we do expect our race weekends to be the same. So if you're planning ahead, that would be like March 19th and maybe July 9th. NASCAR has not released the schedule yet, so it's unofficial. But that's where, where, what we're expecting to roll out. And, yeah, Ambetter is an insurance company that wants to make sure that everybody has access to affordable health care. They have been a partner with Speedway Motorsports for years and up in New Hampshire and are transitioning their entitlement sponsorship to Atlanta there. They're excited about being here. I know they're going to activate well. And their mission is to keep people healthy and make sure people have access, as I said, to affordable health care. So you're going to be seeing a lot of them at Atlanta Motor Speedway in the, uh, in the coming years. We're excited about it. It's been a great partnership with our company, and we're looking forward to getting them on board here at Atlanta Motor Speedway and seeing what we can do to help keep our fans healthy. And another great uh, advantage of this uh, deal and uh, a partnership that you guys have is that they're also going to be uh, partnering with uh, Chase Elliott and his foundation uh, in a, in a, at a later date. You're going to be announcing a ticket package, a special ticket package, that proceeds of the tickets will benefit the Chase Elliott Foundation. And then also Ambetter Health will also make a percentage of ticket sales uh, to the foundation as well. So right there, Ambetter doing what they can to not only help out uh, sponsoring this great event, but also helping out the Chase Elliott Foundation, which is also awesome. And, uh, and the, the, so you're going to have a special ticket package. Uh, do you know around what time that, that announcement will be made? No, I don't know when the special ticket package will be rolled out, but as you said, they're going to team up with Chase Elliott, not only a local homegrown driver who just happened to win the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart and then has gone on to uh, pick up another win this past weekend, albeit in an unorthodox fashion, picked up another race win this past weekend. You know, he does a great job teaming up with with local um, charitable children's organizations to make sure he's bettering the lives of children chase does a real good job with that has done it for quite some time now as a champion in our sport as the sport's most popular driver what better way for Ambetter to make an impact at atlanta motor speedway than to team up with our home hometown driver uh chase elliott to make a difference in the lives of children and one of the coolest things is you're speaking to Chase Elliott there, and you mentioned his win uh, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. I mean, what a great victory. I mean, I've never seen Atlanta Motor Speedway more vocal fans on their feet. 
up until those final five laps when he finally came around and, and got the checkered flag. I know all, all, for all the fans in the stands, uh, they were excited. But yourself personally, how was it like seeing the hometown hero Chase Elliott get his first win at Atlanta Motor Speedway for you personally? You know, Chase grew up racing here in our Bandolero and Legends series on our quarter mile thunder ring so we've seen chase in victory lane quite a bit over the years but it has been quite a while since we've seen chase in victory lane to have him you know i grew up a race fan so i grew up watching his dad i know his mom and dad real well now to see him run well here in the past but never be able to take the checkered flag and to finally be able to do that it was special it was exciting i was excited to uh to see him in victory lane but if you think about it alfie the past three top series races, you got to go back to March because remember we didn't run the trucks in July, have been won by Georgia drivers. In March, Corey Heim won the truck race. This past July, Austin Hill won the Xfinity race, and Chase Elliott won the cup race. So coming back in March for the triple header, can the Georgia boys repeat? I think it's exciting to see the level of talent that is coming out of the state of Georgia if you're not keen to it, then pay attention. Chandler Smith just won this past weekend in the trucks. There's a lot of good talent coming out of the state of Georgia. You're going to be hearing names like Austin Hill, Corey Heim, Chandler Smith, and Chase Elliott for a long, long time. It's never too early to get your hands on those tickets for March and July of 2023. So, Brandon, if our listeners want to go ahead, get their camping spots, get their tickets, get whatever the information they need, where can they go to get all that information, sir? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, go to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com, take a look at price points that work best for you and your family, and just know that we're going to do our very best to over-deliver on what you expect as you come to Atlanta Motor Speedway. Kids are always free on Saturday. Kids are only 10 bucks on Sunday. And I'll tell you, Alfie, I have been blown away at the renewal rate we've had for both March and July. So, if you want to come out to Atlanta Motor Speedway in 2023, I encourage you to, to take a look. Make Go ahead and make a purchase. You don't have to pay us everything right now. You can put down a down payment. Camp with us all weekend. Yep. You won't regret it. I promise you. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you later on throughout the season as we even get closer to that race date in March. Sir. By the time we know, it'll be here. So appreciate your time, sir. Alfie, thank you so much, as always, for having me. I appreciate you. I appreciate your listeners. Hey, come on out to Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're working real hard to be the best in the business. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. This is Kim Coon. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome into this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie Coutinho, the brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line. And he is a driver for Petty GMS Racing. He's the driver of the number 42 Big Dog Energy Chevrolet Camaro. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Ty Dillon! Uh, Mr. Dillon, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Racing Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yes, I, I am. I appreciate the intro. That was, that was awesome. Well, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction, sir, and we really appreciate the time. But uh, normally when we – this is your first time on our program, and normally when I have a guest on for the first time, one of the first questions I like to ask is, where for you, you got bit by the racing bug? But anybody who's a big fan of yours knows that you pretty much have been in this sport your whole entire life. Uh, obviously, we know your grandfather, Richard Childress, 
is a Hall of Famer. Your dad uh, was a driver as well. So tell me about your experiences as a young kid. Yeah, absolutely. I um, you know, grew up going to, going to racetrack the day I was, was born. There was a cup track or, or a local label track where my dad was, was racing. Um, and then the weeks were filled with going to the, to the race shop. My mom was doing payroll and uh, annoying everybody working on, on, on my girls' race team. team. So um, obviously from my age, I was around, around racing. I was a NASCAR race, racing uh, my whole, whole life. And, uh, you know, initially I didn't, being a driver was going to be what I was, was going to do. My family never pushed it on myself, myself, my brother to be drivers, be involved in the sport. They wanted us to pursue whatever we wanted to do. And early on, that was, that was all sports, really. We played basketball, baseball, football. Probably football was probably my first sport in love. Everyone outgrew me pretty quickly. quickly. Um, and and uh, so I needed to, to do something to keep that um, intensity of, of, of love competitive sports. Um, and, and at 30 years old, got my first opportunity to, to test drive a, band, a bandolero at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And it clicked, clicked. Whatever's been in our, our family's blood, uh, it was definitely in there for me. And uh, we went, went racing pretty intensely, 75 to 100 races a year, a year all levels that we ran up until we got to, uh, um, you know, the Arcus series where it's a more distance schedule. Uh, and you're kind of reaching the top, top uh, the higher ranks. And fortunately, I was able to win at, at all the, the series and prove that I should go to the next one. And if I'm here now, um, six years as a cup driver, and uh, I'm still battling to achieve my goals being a cup winner and cup champion. Speaking with NASCAR Cup Series driver uh, Ty Dilling here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio uh, podcast. Let me ask you, ask you a driver. Let's say you decided you didn't want to follow that career. What, where would you have landed? What do you think you would have been doing now if you weren't a Cup Series driver? I'd be involved in sports in some some aspect, whether whether it was uh, you know foot, football, trying to be in the front office of a full team, or uh, red racing, you know, following kind of my grandfather's footsteps. Um, you know, those are still two large passions of mine. Um, my my number one focus is being a driver right now. Right now, life's a long time, so. Uh, you, you can set goals, and, and uh, you, you never know where you're up. Now, the news recently that you're going to be stepping away from GMS uh, Petty Racing, and, and now I guess you're pretty much a free agent now. There's a lot of shuffling around going on with drivers, cars, drivers who are not coming back, seats that are open. What are your plans? Have you, have you even thought about that, or are you just going to give it some time? Or what, what, how is that progress coming along? Yeah, you know, since um, you know, since the moment I came a free agent, it was it was you know, there's a lot of excitement out there, a lot of things moving and changing. Obviously, I want to be a Cup driver for uh, for as long as possible. But more importantly, I want to be able to go somewhere where I can win races, and and the team is fully bought into me to to give me an opportunity, and um, you know, I, and I'm and I'm looking forward to to uh, finding that, and I, and I think uh, this is a a good time to be out there and be able to talk to everyone and kind of see what's uh, what's what's available for you. Now you and your brother race together every week on the on the Cup Series and everything like that. How competitive are you two against each other? If you guys were, if you had to maybe move your brother a little bit to get that win, is that going to happen? Uh, absolutely, uh, uh, he understands that. I kind of I know he he would do the same thing. thing. So both know how important winning is, and we don't we don't have a trouble. We don't have any problem moving each other to go win a race. Um, you know, we're, we 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 both each other win, but we also know how important it is to win at this level. So. Uh, both, both of us would be frustrated if it happened to us. We would also under, also understand that today. Now, you mentioned you're a big football fan. Uh, I'm out of Atlanta, so I'm a Falcons fan. You're out of Carolina. You're a Panthers fan. In fact, I interviewed your brother a few years ago. When I told him I was a Falcons fan, he hung up on me. 
and that's how you ended. But uh, I know the Panthers have got some – they made some moves over the offseason. I'm sure you guys are excited for the new season to kick off. So tell me your thoughts on the Panthers, especially in the quarterback situation. I know I'm uh, um, I'm excited for the Panthers. There's uh, friends with Matt, Matt Rule, the coach, and, and also Scott Fitter, their DM. So they're I, I'm proud of where they're going, along with what they're doing, and um, it's going to be a fun year. I know we have quite a deep quarterback competition. We got the the, the young guy Corral, who's got some learning to do, and new, and then we all Sam Darnold, who you know showed showed some promise off season, but they want they want to sure up get a guy like like Baker Mayfield into so. Uh, I really like, like Baker. Like his his intensity. I think you got to have that that competitive edge. You got to have that uh, that wild card in you to be a success leader and, and quarterback and in sports in general. So I think uh, they built, built a really good around him for this season, and I think they're gonna they're gonna surprise a lot of them for sure. Well, Mr. Dillon, if our listeners want to follow your progress, keep up what's going on with you during the off season and what moves you might be going on. Uh, where can they go to follow along and, and keep up with what's going on with you, sir? Yeah, on Twitter, it's Ty Dillon, at Ty Dillon. Um, and then Instagram, it's at Ty underscore Dillon. So uh, anything that's happening to me will be on those two places. And uh, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to all the movement and everything that's, that's going on. Looking forward to doing real for the rest of this season and going into next year with uh, with the rising some excitement. I'm Adam Alexander, part of the NASCAR coverage on Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We continue on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But we're very honored and privileged to welcome in our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline as we've got a lot to talk about as we just wrapped up racing in Pocono and get set to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. And in fact, of that, he'll be in Indianapolis calling all the action for PRN along with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network as well as we welcome in from his plush offices in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the lead announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Doug Rice. Well, sir, there's a lot to get to here in in such a a limited time, so I want to get right into it here as uh, we just wrapped up racing in Pocono, probably one of the craziest endings of a race I've ever seen. And in the 75 years of NASCAR history, next year NASCAR will be celebrating its 75th anniversary, Doug. Um, This is probably the most bizarre finish to a race ever, as both the first and second place cars, both Joe Gibbs racing cars, were disqualified, and Chase Elliott, who was in third position at the end of the race, advanced and won the race. In fact, he said he he didn't even know he won until he got home uh, and got all the texts and voice messages about what happened. So, Doug, for some of our listeners out there who might not know what happened, can you break down what happened with the machines of Denny Hamlin as well as Kurt Busch? Or, excuse well, me, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. At me. the end of the race, Denny Hamlin had won the race. He does the interviews, all this. He'd become the all-time winner at Pocono Raceway, you know, and there's a lot of celebration. And... You know, you don't think anything of it. His teammate Kyle Busch finishes second. Good day for Joe Gibbs Racing. Good day for Toyota. Uh, if those results stand, they had five of the top ten cars. Post-race inspection, NASCAR finds some things that they don't like. They don't care at all for the tape, extra tape, that was on each side of the front valence of the car, um, the front bumper area of the car. There were small strips of tape underneath the cosmetic wrap. The wrap is what gives the car its paint scheme, gives it its overall look. 
they don't inspect under the wraps in pre-race. They did this in post-race. I get a feeling they probably got tipped off by somebody saying, hey, you need to check out the front of that car. We don't like the way it looks. Whatever, they got caught, these pieces of tape on both sides of the car, on both the car, the winning car of Denny Hamlin, second-place car, Kyle Busch, NASCAR immediately says, we told you, don't mess with these cars, don't change anything on them, and they took away the win from Denny Hamlin. They took away second place from Kyle Busch and also a stage victory that he scored in the race. A double disqualification, the first time in 62 years that NASCAR has disqualified a race winner in their top series. Now, now they've had the opportunity to take the cars back to the Research and Development Center and, and take a closer look at what happened. Is that basically what happened? They just tried to change the, the tape, and, or was there any more once they took the cars back and, and did an actual inspection on it? That's all that we've been told okay. is that these cars had extra strips of tape on each side of the front fascia of the car, and you don't do that by accident. They, they gained an aerodynamic advantage. How big? I don't know, but it doesn't have to be much. If it's just a little, if it's a tenth of a second a lap, in ten laps, that's a second. If it gives you more downforce, if it makes that car more aerodynamic, then NASCAR's not going to let that stand. So they disqualified Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, and it's almost like they never were in the race. Wow. And obviously this is, takes away a lot of points for them as they get set to go into the playoffs. So, uh, uh, cra- and I know NASCAR said at the beginning of the season, hey, you know what, these are the way, it, these are the rules, this is the way it is, and I think uh, that, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing tried to get away with something, and they got caught. So, unfortunately well, for I mean, them. They did, they, did not, they did not appeal it. Right. So, you read, read from that what you want to, but they did not appeal the decision. So, for me, that says, okay, uh, we thought we got away with it. And if it was just on one car, I would say, all right, maybe somebody left something on there and was an accident. But the fact that the tape was in the identical spot on two different cars, that pretty much tells me that whatever they were trying to do was deliberate. Speaking with Doug Rice here, lead announcer for the Performance Racing Network. You can also hear him every Monday on Fast Talk, uh, his weekly program with uh, Brad Gilly and Alexis Erickson as well. And uh, Doug, it seems that Ross Chastain loves to get himself into the headlines here <laughs> over the last uh, few weeks. Him and, and Denny Hamlin had a little bit of a situation there uh, in Pocono. Uh, Elliot, uh, Chase Elliott said that, uh, that Hamlin was kind to Chastain following the action. Uh, what, what's going on with Ross Chastain, and, and what are well, your thoughts on what's been going on with him and his, and his name continuing to come up here? Ross Chastain's had run-ins with people all year long. Martin Truex Jr. a couple of times. Uh, Spun Martin, I thought that one was truly an accident at Atlanta. Spun Denny Hamlin at Atlanta. Over-aggressive, got up, touched him, spun him out. Second time this year he's touched Denny Hamlin and probably cost him a win or a really good finish. And Denny has said, okay, at some point I'm going to get back. They are racing for the lead. Uh, Ross Chastain's on Denny's outside. Denny just drifts up the track enough, uh, sticks Ross in the wall. Part of that's on Ross Chastain. Ross could have lifted, backed out of there, and said, you know what, it's not worth it at this point. I'll wait till I get a good, clean run, or maybe when we're way away from everybody, then I'll give it a shot. I, I felt like Ross got a little impatient there. But then he walled him. I mean, he ran him up the racetrack, crashed him out. The The, the rest of the story there is the spinning Chastain car uh, takes out Kevin Harvick. 
And Harvick was having one of his best days of the year. And he's a guy that needs to win a race. So Denny's been in the headlines. He took it. He said, hey, he's owed me that for a long time. Denny wants this to be over. Yeah. At the end of the day, Denny Hamlin wants that to be the end of it. Okay, you paid me back. We're all done now, right? You know, because he doesn't want to get into the playoffs and be looking over his shoulder for Denny Hamlin. Now, this weekend, you guys will be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You have a doubleheader weekend with the IndyCar Series, which I think is great when IndyCar and, and NASCAR have that rare opportunity to get together and race on the same weekend. But uh, a lot of fans, uh, including myself, I would rather see them race on the oval instead of the road course. Uh, what are your thoughts on Indianapolis maybe going back to racing on the oval uh, instead of the road course? Well, you know, Roger Penske became one of the most powerful people in the world without ever asking me for advice, <laughs> but... Um, I, I would love to see them go back to the two-and-a-half-mile track if simply for no other reason that for the drivers that win. Last year it was A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. loves Indy. Any win there would have made him happy. For these other guys, they want to win on the same race course that A.J. Foyt won at four times or Rick Mears or Mario Andretti or you know Elio Castroneves. They don't want to win on a road course cut out in the infield. It's not that they don't want to win – if you're going to win at Indy, you want to win on the historic two-and-a-half-mile racetrack. I I have a feeling that we'll get back there. I think this may have been one of the most brilliant things ever pulled because there was a lot of people that didn't like the Brickyard. I don't like the Brickyard. It's not competitive. It, you know, They only run Indy cars there. It's not a good race. Well, then they took it away and put it on the road course, and now more people are going like, well, we liked it better on the big track. No, you didn't, but now you're howling because you got something taken away. So maybe next year you give it back. I hope so. I I think if I was a driver, that's that's where I would want to win the race. By the way, I really like Michael McDowell's chances because I think he's a pretty good road racer. Finished third out in Sonoma, but he too has been popped with a huge penalty. $100,000 fine for the team, 100 points, uh, 10 championship points. They didn't like something in that car. He was the random car in post-race inspection from Pocono. So he gets a big penalty, loses his crew chief for four weeks. They're under appeal right now, but I I, I think that will not pan out. And, and Michael McDowell's season, which he was having a good one, a lot of top tens, uh, people were talking about real favorably, takes a big hit too post-Pocono. Now, uh, uh, Mr. Rice, if our listeners want to keep up with you and follow along with what's going on in the world of NASCAR and racing, where can they go to follow around and keep up with what's going on? It's pretty easy. I'm on Twitter. At, it's at Riceman61. Uh, all the PRN stuff's at goprn.com. You can find all of our, our shows and everything that we do live over there in podcast format. So it's it's pretty easy to do. Hey, it's Ron Capps, driver of the Nap Auto Parts Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. Thank you so much for tuning in to the program this week. And if you'd like to go back and listen to what you heard from this week's episode, well, you'll be able to do so on Monday when this broadcast will be become a podcast. That's right. Head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud on Monday, and you'll be able to listen back to this episode of Southern Race Week Radio or any of our previous episodes of the program. So just head on over to one of those podcast locations, search for Southern Race Week, and when you're there, we would really appreciate it if you subscribed to the podcast as well. So we really appreciate it. You head on over there and subscribe and enjoy and listen and download the podcast anytime you 
desire. And uh, once again, thanks to the great guests who joined us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Once again, thanks to the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway, Brandon Hutchinson. Also, NASCAR Cup Series driver Ty Gibbs. And also, Doug Rice, the lead announcer for the Performance Racing Network. We appreciate those fine guests joining us this week here on another exciting episode of Southern Race Week Radio. And of course, we'll be back with you next week, a fresh, brand new episode. And also, hopefully, William Barber will be joining us back after a successful surgery. Um, He said he's feeling better. He said he sounds better, uh, is talking better. So he will definitely, hopefully, 99.9% be on the program next week. So we're looking forward to having our fearless leader, WB, back in the captain's chair next week. Uh, Don't forget about our social media platforms. You can like us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And uh, don't forget about the email address. If you'd like to send us an email, let us know what you think about the program, or maybe you're an up-and-coming driver who would like to be featured on Southern Race Week Radio. Feel free to email us anytime at srwradio at yahoo.com. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.